Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey parents, Tim Wright here, as always, along with Dr. Michael Gurian for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. We are so grateful to have you listening in with us every week, sharing this with your friends. It means a lot to us, and, and we're grateful to hear from you from time to time uh, of your uh, uh, how this is helping you. Uh, I got distracted a little bit here. Michael, I was just looking at you on camera. You and I have the exact same shirt on, it looks like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You're right. D- did you get that at Costco? Uh, I, I don't know. I bought it about 20 years ago. So who knows? Uh, anyway, and none of you can <laughs> see right. that, but, but we've got the same shirt on, which is, which is just strange. Um, so I, um, uh, we have a special guest with us today and we're going to introduce him to you in a moment. Uh, very excited to have Marion with us. Uh, before we do that though, uh, we want to, as always, just uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsors. These are the people who make it possible for us to come to you every week free of charge. So Michael, tell us about our friends at the Ford School. Yeah, the Ford School in Benton, Tennessee, rural Tennessee, 55 acres, wonderful staff. It's residential treatment for boys 14 to 17. So if you know any boys having issues, um, uh, you know, depression, other issues, really significant school issues, family issues. This is residential treatment, um, lasts one month to two months, and it's boarding. So they live there and go through treatment there. Uh, go to wonderofparenting.com, and people will see the Forge link. If you know any boy 14 to 17 having issues. Great. And uh, we want to say thanks, too, to our friends up in the Seattle area, uh, the, the center uh, a place of hope. And they do, uh, we say this every time, they just do such important work, especially for people who need extra help when it comes to things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders. Uh, so the center place of hope, you can find them at wonderofparenting.com. And uh, again, check out Greg Jant's books as well. He's got a lot of really helpful books. You read them, you implement them right away in your life. So Michael, in um, this summer, you've got an institute coming up. Uh, and um, one of the speakers at that institute is Dr. Marion Hill. Uh, the three of us have had a chance to do some Helping Boys Thrive events together. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about Marion, and then let's chat a bit today about our boys. Okay. Yeah, let me introduce Marion. So, Marion Hill lives in the Phoenix area, and uh, he is the founder of Man Cave, and he'll tell you about that, a fatherhood program. Uh, he also is the program director for Head Start. So um, really has his, wears a lot of hats uh, and he has an amazing personal story, um, which he's going to tell you about as a, a black boy and black man growing up uh, all over the world, actually. Uh, so Marion and I have worked together now for a number of years on the pilots that we're doing down in the Phoenix area and um, the Helping Boys Thrives. And then Marion is co-sponsoring and his group and Greater Phoenix Urban League are the hosts of our Summer Institute this year, which will be in Phoenix at Desert Willow. So Marion Hill has an amazing background. Let's please welcome him. And then I'm going to ask him his question, but hi, Marion. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. 
<laughs> yes, and so I'm going to ask you the question, but then you do go wherever you want with the question. We so we've been getting questions like this, um, and uh, you and I have talked about this, of course, because we intersect in all sorts of spheres. And um, the the question specifically that came from this one listener was, look. Um, uh, the situation for black boys in a number of ways is really, really harsh and we need to address it. And the situation for boys is harsh and we need to address it. Uh, there are ways, if we look statistically, like she was talking about the statistics on, on white males and what's happening with depression, opioid, right. And there, that's really, really high. Um, uh, but then, you know, statistics on black males, uh, and you'll talk about the school to prison pipeline, which is huge for boys of color. So the question really is to get you talking about what you have seen as uh, as a person, of course, as a man, a black man, and also in the work that you do, um, what you have seen and what we need to do, uh, you know, to take care of to take care of all boys, mm -hmm. but and to specifically look at what's going on with boys of color. Okay, so the. First of all, I, I am uh, grateful uh, to be here with you guys, and uh, we've done some Helping Boys Thrive summits together, and it's just been uh, just been a, a blessing, a privilege, and an honor uh, to be uh, connected uh, with both of you uh, and to have this opportunity. You know, when it comes to uh, you know to boys in general and the issues that boys have, whether they be black, white, brown, doesn't really matter. the 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 bottom line in terms of what I have have seen is the lack of engagement um, from fathers. Now, let me explain that further because, you know, I believe that every, every behavior, good, bad, or indifferent, that is manifested, whether in the classroom, in the home, in, the soci in, in society, starts in the home. Um, and, I, I, and I don't know that people know how powerful the connection or the paternal nurturance of the father is and the impact that it has. I always tell the men uh, um, that I meet with uh, in our Nurturing Fathers program and in, and, in, and in Man Cave that as a father, you, you can either have uh, um, uh, impact and you have that impact through influence or injury. So impact, mm -hmm. influence, and injury. What, what happens and what we see is because fathers are either not present or they are not engaged, it is having an impact and the impact is causing injury. So when we talk about fatherlessness, when we talk about issues that are going on in the classroom, issues that are going on in society, you have to get to the ground floor. You have to get to the bottom, to the level of, of what is causing a lot of this or what is a precipitous to a lot of this. And you look at fatherlessness. When, when a father is not connected, engaged, present uh, in their child's life, specifically boys, what we see is we see boys that are walking around with a lot of emotional pain. And that's this prolonged anger or sadness. Something is missing in their lives. Um, they also experience bouts of depression, going through feelings of just worthlessness. You know, why is my father not connected to me? Why is my, why did my father leave me? It was, and, and a lot of times they blame themselves uh, for the father not being there. And then that's manifested through projected anger. Externally, it's violent behavior against others. Internally, it's these suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts. Um, there's this persistent search for a father uh, or for a father figure. And that's, that's the biggest impact for men. For women, the search is for the father figure in the relationship. 
And so, and so when you see these things that are happening, then of course you can lend them to um, um, the statistics that take place. And this is how we get to, well, well, why do we speak specifically to black and brown, um, 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 to white? You know, you look at the statistics. So if you have 24.7 million children in this country, or 33%, that live absent of their biological father, and of those students in grades 1 through 12, it's not even picking up pre-K, 17.7 million, or 39%, that are in homes without the biological father, these are the things that you're seeing um, in our boys. And then when you look at the statistics on race, 57.6% of black children are in homes without the biological father, 31.2% of Hispanic children, and then 20.7% of, of, of white children live in homes absent the biological father. So the, the biggest issue is here is a fatherlessness. If you want to talk about all of the social problems and the ills that our country is facing, it's from the fact that fathers, men, male role models, are not engaged in these children's lives, uh, and they're having an impact. How those, how they choose to deal with those issues, that father wound, um, you know, could be through opioids, could be through violent behavior, uh, external violent behavior against others. We see an uptick in uh, suicidal um, uh, um, attempts and suicides that are actually taking place. The difference with with men is that is that we have suicidal thoughts but we actually are successful in committing suicide. There's more women that, that attempt it, but there's more men that are actually successful in committing suicide. So when we start talking about things that are taking place in boys' lives, you have to go back and look at what is it in them from a nature standpoint that is impacting them and affecting them. And from a nature standpoint, when the father is not engaged, this is having a significant impact. Now, I want to put a note on this and say, that not all boys in single parent homes are having these issues. You've got some moms out there that are just doing some fantastic things and raising their boys. But probably one of the constants there is that there are male role models that are wrapped around them. And so when you start looking at socioeconomic um, um, issues related to fatherlessness and the impact, then you have to look at uh, um, uh, the, the, the dollar amount or the income that is coming into the household, because a lot of times you can get a male role model um, um, being involved in sports, but the cost of sports, if you don't have that money, then it prohibits you from being involved in some of these activities where you may engage with male role models. So just, a, just something for you to think about there when we talk about issues going on in schools and in society uh, with boys. Yeah, beautiful. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, can I follow up just on one yeah, thing, Yeah, please. Jim? Yeah. The uh, well, w- one thing I want to mention is that at the at the Summer Institute, uh, Tim's going to be speaking. I'm going to be speaking. Marion's going to be speaking, and he's going to be going even more deeply into all of this. Uh, if folks go to GurianInstitute.com, you'll see the Summer Institute right away. It's in Phoenix. It's at the end of June, and then for folks from elsewhere, like around the world, you can come in via Zoom. Um, and one of the things that I think Marion's going to do there, and I, it would be great if you could give a little preview of this, let's say, or just tell your story. That you yep. and I have talked about, Marion, about how you grew up and then, you know, you grew up and then the talk you had to have with your son as a young black man. Uh, that's a really mm-hmm. powerful story. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think for me, you know, growing up, I was born, uh, you know, my parents were young. Uh, mom was 17. Uh, dad was 18 in the military mm-hmm. in Vietnam, um, you know, shortly after you know, my mom was pregnant with me. You know, my father uh, is in the military and is shipped off to Vietnam. Um, I'm born and it's three years um, uh, before, you know, I see my father or hear my father's voice or experience my father's touch. Um, and so throughout my life, you know, I recognized who this man is as my father, provider, um, providing security, uh, but there was a bond. There was something that was missing there um, and something that I was always searching for. We talk about searching for that father figure. Yeah, my dad was in the home and I respected him. Um, I wanted to be like him. Um, you know, he started off in the military as a, as, as a private in the Air Force, as an airman, and rose to the ranks over 28 years as a chief master sergeant. Only 1%, 1% of men that come into the military in the Air Force as airmen ever rise to the rank the highest NCOA rank, which is Chief Master Sergeant. Um, and so he was part of that 1% club. Um, and so it did impact and have an effect on our relationship. And it wasn't until later on, um, after I got into uh, to Head Start, looking at child development, that I recognized what our issue was. And I recognized that our issue, the impact that he had on me was not his fault. Um, those three years, I, I tell men, the first five years, zero to five, are important for you to, 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 to bond with your child. And we were missing three years. And that three years had an impact on our relationship. Um, that relationship was, was mended um, shortly before my father passed. And I recognized mm-hmm. that and had a conversation with him and said, it, what we were missing was the bond. And the bond was missing not to your fault, but because the military sent you away um, you know, in Vietnam. And so we worked hard uh, to mend that relationship. Now, my son, of course, is born, and, and, and my father was, was, was head over heels and really involved, uh, both my parents, um, you know, in my son's life. And for me, as a, a Black man, you know, raising this African-American boy in the society, you know, I often talk to people and say, there are things that I experience with my son um, that you, will, you may never experience conversations that I've had to have with him uh, that others may never have to have. Um, you know, a prime example of that, when he got his driver's license and, you know, started driving, you know, we had a conversation around, 
should something happen, if you get stopped for speeding or, you know, you get stopped for traffic violation or you just get stopped uh, in the in the city that I'm that I'm in, um, you know, there have there has been times where cops will run a license plate on a on uh, a car. And if that car is being driven by, you know, an African-American, they will just stop it. Um, and so this conversation I have to have with them is how do you respond to authority, especially the police, um, you know, make sure that you are um, um, attentive, um, hand on the steering wheel, don't make any moves. When he tells you to get your license and your registration, tell him where those are. Officer, my license is in my wallet, which is in my back pocket. My registration is in the glove box. May I reach for my registration? These are things that a lot of times, a lot of people that are not of color don't have to have these kinds of conversations. Um, and so, you know, I have to tell them when you go to school, um, you dress a certain way, you look a certain way, you sit in the front seat, you you make that teacher know that you are there to learn. I have to show up as your father and your mom has to show up so that that teacher knows that you have both a mother and a father and that we are engaged and going to be engaged. These are things that we just have to watch out for just in society, because I know um, and have experience with other dads that African-American boys, it's a tough time. You know, it's, it's, it's people are watching. People are watching you and people have perceptions about you and who you are when they first see you and when you show up. Um, and so that's how I got involved in creating Man Cave. Um, and Man Cave is simply men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged, which is speaking to fathers around a couple of things, understanding the nature of your child, whether it be boy or girl, those that internal, the internal ticking what's going on inside of them, um, of which I learned tremendously from the Gearing Institute and why I became a, a GI trainer. Um, and then um, just from a societal standpoint, in terms of how uh, black boys are perceived. So making sure that I'm having these conversations with him all the time and certain things he may not understand, but I've always told him, if you get in trouble or if there is an issue, do what you're told to do and let us handle it on the back end as your parents. So just a, that's just a small, just mm -hmm. a small piece. Yeah, so important. And Man yeah. Cave, folks, if they want to Google Man Cave, you know, look up Man Cave. That's uh, really growing. I mean, that's an amazing program. Um, and this, in a way, is uh, it, it, we're going to circle back to, to answer the question at the end. I know, Tim, you wanted to ask something. We're going to circle back because I think the core of how to take care of everyone and look at everyone's issues is here. There are. Every, everyone is having issues and there are specific issues that each population is facing. Right, Marianne? We don't have to, uh, the one thing that we don't, that we don't do is we don't pit people against each other, right? We're yeah. not saying, well, if you care about uh, black boys or children of color, then, you know, the whites have to be the enemy or, or you don't care about whites. We're just not, we're not involved in that. Right. We're looking I mean, at what each population needs. Right. The fact of the matter is, is that you 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 have to understand what we're talking about is that boys are impacted. And this is why we work so hard and I work so hard to make sure we address the issues with boys. I also know that as we're addressing the issues with boys, the default is going to catch the girls and bring the girls along. But the focus is, you know, really on boys and it's understanding them. And then when you understand them, the second piece to understand is the culture. Because right. we all come from a, we, we come from different cultures. And so we handle things different. We handle uh, confrontation different. We handle 
you know, conversations and how we deal with one another, how we affirm one another, how we encourage one another. We do those different. We are the same across the board as a people, male, female. We're just different colors from different cultures that do things a little bit different. So if we can take the time to understand the differences, then we can better be able to address what the overlying issues are and the overlying issues for what they are for boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary and I, I, I so appreciate your story. Uh, and I, I've heard other uh, African-American dads say the same thing, that they've had to have that talk with their sons about driving. And, and I'm always just deeply challenged by it because I didn't, I didn't have to have that conversation with my son. That wouldn't even have crossed my mind to have that conversation. So it is so helpful, I think, for us to hear that over and over again. Um, I'm interested, could you talk a little bit about this school-to-prison pipeline? Uh, I first heard that phrase used at a Green Institute. Michael and I were doing a Helping Boys Thrive thing here in, in uh, the Phoenix area. This was, man, probably 10 years ago. And uh, we had um, a friend who came and, and talked just a little about it. It was the first time I'd heard it. And then, I, you know, then you think, well, where have I been? So uh, this is an important issue. And so talk a little bit about what that is and what it means. Yeah. So when we talk about the school to prison pipeline, <clears throat> you know, you're really talking about kids coming in school as early as, as pre-K um, and how those kids are treated, strategies, how those kids are taught, either taught or not taught. So for example, we, we go in the kindergarten, um, there is this, uh, and the data has shown it, that for, for, for minority boys, black and brown, walking into a classroom, per se, uh, 90% of their teachers from K through 12 are not going to be the same color as them. So they're not going to be the same color. And they're going to be female. Mm-hmm. So there's this, this perception that, that boys of color are perceived as being four years older than they actually are. Mm. And they get treated that way as four years older than they actually are. So the expectation is that I expect you to act this way. So you come into my classroom, you're five, and I'm looking at you as you're nine. Why? Because in general, physically, sometimes these boys are they're bigger kids. You know, they just are. So when they're seen like that um, and they do something in the classroom, it's easier for the teacher to just say, well, I'll send you to the principal's office and not try to address the issue or use strategies to address the issue. When you do that and you take them out of the class and all of a sudden they're missing things, reading, writing, um, and they're not catching up because they're getting sent, you know, they're doing detention or they're getting sent to the principal's office or they're looked looked at as being aloof you're disturbing my classroom, better for me to remove you from the class than to uh, try to uh, understand you from a relationship standpoint and bring you into as a part of the class. So what ends up happening is after you get through kindergarten, you're seeing first, second, third, fourth grade, all the while these boys are thinking these teachers don't care or this school does not care. And so for me, I see myself as, as, as worthless. I have no value So why am I even here? And so you get to the point when you get to junior high, you have statistically 6,000 kids across this country every day that think about dropping out of school. And so that's what they end up doing. Some of them drop out of school. And then when they drop out of school, they get caught up 
um, uh, in society. And depending upon the, the area or the community that they come from, they get involved in some things that are not good for them, or they get involved in illegal activity, they end up getting caught, and they end up going into the juvenile system. And once a child goes into the juvenile system, if no one is there to hold that child up, then more than likely, they're going to get caught up in the prison system. That's why I say that the largest fatherhood program in the country is the, is the Department of Corrections. So mm -hmm. this is what happens when you come from a community where, number one, you're not being uh, there is no relationship. Um, there are certain things that are not there. For example, technology. So you don't have the computer technology. So kids aren't able to do what they need to do at home from a computer standpoint. And so now they're falling further and further behind. You look at things like um, 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 food deserts where you don't have healthy food in the community. You don't have grocery stores um, in the community. And so now we're dealing with the nutrition and the health um, of a child. When you start looking at um, medical um, the medical environment, hospitals, where are they? A lot of times in, 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 in socioeconomic depressed communities, you don't have those things there. And so now attending to health. So now that goes into maternity and things like that. So if society, if things are against you, then it's easier to look and say, how do I fight this? How, how, how do I get better? Um, as hard as I try, it seems that I'm climbing a mountain. And for some kids, it would be better for me to just go in my own direction, especially if the father is not engaged and you end up getting caught up. So that school to prison pipeline is simply not having opportunity to be successful. Um, and I've, I've seen families that have, have, have been in areas where there's that school to prison pipeline and they will move to other communities. I've seen, uh, we have a community here uh, in Phoenix, in the Phoenix area where parents specifically have their kids bust out to go to other schools and other school districts because they're the teaching strategies. They're going to be more attentive to these kids. These kids are going to be more successful. And so we just have to do a better job um, at society in terms of social services, opportunities that we're providing, strategies that we're giving to teachers um, to, to really lift up um, uh, these kids and to really establish a relationship and understand who they are in order to better teach them and in order to reach them so that we can prohibit those things of, of, of dropping out of school and basically ending up, you end up in the, uh, in the legal system caught up. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm. Yeah. Marion, do, does, does it have the same impact on our African-American daughters it, it does have the same impact. The difference is that, especially between boys and girls, 
is that from a stress standpoint or being in an environment that's that's stressful, um, girls are their ability to be able to adapt and their ability to be able to overcome some of the issues where boys have a little bit more difficulty. Um, mm-hmm. You don't see some of the you don't see some of the same issues when you start talking about the school to prison pipeline. Um, you know, I, I you know for for example, like in, in the classroom. Um, boys have a tendency to go into brain rest when they um, uh, when some when nothing is happening in the classroom. So the teacher is standing in front of them; they're just sitting in a chair. They have a tendency to go to brain rest, and when they go into that brain rest, they're trying to wake themselves up. And waking themselves up, they start doing things. They start moving around. They start becoming agitated. They're fidgeting. They may be messing with the with the kid that's next to them. And the teacher sees that as you're disturbing my classroom, you need to go. Whereas mm-hmm. girls have the ability to be bored out of their mind but still focus and pay attention. Um, And so there's still some level of engagement there. So the ability to be able to adapt in the environment that they're in seems to work better for girls than it does for boys. And this is why we have to be more attentive and focus on boys, knowing that we're going to catch up and bring the girls along, but boys are struggling a little bit more. Yeah. 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 So insightful. So insightful. Um, uh, I know this is kind of a big question and, and, um, uh, you know, give us what you can. Uh, I find, and I'm sure our listeners are very moved by some of these things that you're saying. Um, how can we be as parents, even if our kids aren't in schools that are underfunded, whatever, how can we be better advocates for our communities and for the, especially these communities where maybe the government doesn't always look at them and say, yeah, they need more help. Yeah. Well, the first thing we have to do as as parents is really be advocates for our children and recognize that it is not the responsibility of the educational system to educate your child. Mm. You have got to be involved. And so I look at it from the standpoint that here is the child, here is the, 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 the family, here is the school, and here's the community. It all, all of those work together uh, in order to be able to educate, in order to be able to raise um, that child. And so be an advocate. Understand the nature of your child, the makeup of your child, who your child, who your child is, and then be able to show up, um, you know, in the school system, have conversations with the teacher um, um, so that they know better know who that who that child is. Um, I will give you an example. My my wife, huge. You know, she showed up. She was there all the time. She was talking, having conversations with the teacher, giving them some insight as to who. Uh, uh, my son is. My son had a little nervous twitch, you know, in his, in his eyes. And sometimes um, uh, teachers would think something was wrong with him, but he always showed up. He always did his work. He was always attentive. He was taking a test in the classroom, a math test. It was a final in high school. And it was one of those where, you know, you fill in the little dots on the card as you're going through yep. the question. And somehow he skipped one of the, the, uh, the numbers on the question and, and it threw him, his, it threw all of his answers off. Like he had the right answer, but because it was in the wrong number, it was wrong. And yeah. so the teacher was baffled as to what happened, went back and looked at the test score and, and at the test and saw exactly what it was that he did. And my wife had a conversation with him and said, this can't be, this can't be right. Something has to be wrong. And when the teacher identified it and saw what was wrong, said, you know what? I normally don't do this but I'm going to kick out that final score and use the score that he had 
um, all throughout the year getting ready to go into the final. Again, mm. it's knowing who that kid is. It's parents being actively engaged um, and understanding, look, a mistake. It was a mistake that was made because he always showed up. He always did his work. He was always, always attentive. So one, it's, it's parents being advocates um, for their kids. Then the other thing is community, community programs. What kinds of things are going on uh, in the community? If you have after school programs, before school programs, you know, sometimes you have to create some of these things. Sometimes you have to speak up, um, you know, when you've got parents that are working on a consistent basis and maybe, um, you know, they need after school uh, care, after school programs, or maybe they need before school. This is why sports, you know, really becomes uh, important. Mm. And being able to have, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, involving both boys and girls in some after-school activity. So they're just not going home and it's just, you know, mindless activity because, because nobody is there. So there are things that we can do in the community to make things better. Um, um, technology, another big thing. We have to figure out a way to bring all societies and make all society or communities equal when it comes to technologies, when it comes to access for uh, computers and laptops um, for kids. So, you know, we've got to figure out a way. How do we work with these organizations or these companies to be able to bring technology uh, to that community so that it's the same? There are just little things uh, that can be done that make an environment better for uh, the kids that are that are growing up in that environment. And then uh, parents just have to recognize sometimes that school just does not work or that teacher just does not work. Don't be afraid to look at um, um, you know, other opportunities. Maybe I have to move my kid out of district. Uh, maybe mm. I have to complete an application for an out of district approval um, because I've identified that this school system over here is a little bit better in this district. Don't be afraid to do that because sometimes that environment just does not work for that kid. Very good. Yeah. Marion, the, the, the time has gone so quickly and this has been so insightful. Michael, I wanted to see if you had anything you wanted to follow up with before we sign off for this podcast. Mm. Well, just to, to thank Marion and um, uh, for his insights, for his friendship over the years, for teaching me so much. I've learned so much from Marion. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and others can hear him. Uh, this is tip of the iceberg. So look at gurianinstitute.com and check out the Summer Institute. You're going to see his smiling face, uh, you know, and you're going to see Tim's smiling face. Tim will be speaking there. I'll be speaking there. And Marion and um, Fletch and Daryl Howard from Maryland, we have uh, our, our three speakers who are going to be specifically looking at what is going on uh, with boys of color in these in the arena of fatherhood, as Marion described, um, how trauma is affecting boys of color. And um so if you want more of Marion, come. And at the same time, uh, you know, you can do it via Zoom if you're not near Phoenix. And at the same time, I guess I would end by saying we we are we are we, we learn so much from each other. And every time I hear Marion or Fletch speak, I learn something new about issues that are really, really deep and that are we have to solve them in our culture if we are really going to solve uh, the issues of our culture. So fatherlessness, what's going on with boys, what's going on with uh, boys of color. And none of these are either ors. And right. that's the thing for, for the person who wrote in and for the others who've written in, we just don't see this as an either or. We see us all in this together and then focusing on each population as they need us 
And I think uh, to me, that would be what equity is trying to get everyone what they need. Um, and, and I guess for me, at least staying out of the politics that can get so, so uh, polarizing. And then, you know, 50% of the people just pull away. They just say, well, heck with it, right? Because of mm -hmm. the politics. But when we can get out of the politics and really listen to each other, I mean, everything Marion has said is just so spot on. So thank you, Marion. Mm -hmm. Really, thanks for everything. Sure. Yes, Marion, uh, I, I add my thanks to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you in just a few months here right. in Phoenix. And, um, and again, thank you to all of our listeners. And uh, if you do find these podcasts helpful, please make sure you share uh, a link with your friends. Uh, if you haven't joined uh, our Facebook group, just go to facebook.com, search for Wonder of Parenting, hit the join button, and I will let you in as soon as I get the notification. And it's a great place for Wonder of Parenting uh, parents to hang out. Uh, a lot of great advice on that page. Uh, of people who are going through the same things you're going through. So I uh, encourage you to go there. And uh, Michael and I'll be back with you again next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Wonder Parenting Podcast. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>